Hello, and welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Sarah. I'm Maura. Pull up a chair and let's get chatting. Hey guys, it's Maura here. Hi, this is Sarah. Welcome back to Carol's Coffee House. And today it's a special episode. This is our first requested topic. And we actually have a guest today who requested the topic because I messaged him about, I reacted to one of his Insta stories. That was a Fulton Sheen quote. And then he asked me for my thoughts on it. And I was like, too many thoughts. Right, well, I'll do another and now I'm here. So my, my name is John and I'm here to help discuss this Fulton Sheen quote. We're <laughs> glad you're here, John. Yeah, I'm trying to bring you to the light of, of being this dating. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. You'll, you'll teach me a lot more than I have to teach you. So. Yeah, so today's episode is like what it's like, the, both perspectives of the man and the woman looking at this quote and our experiences in dating and with what's going on in life. Yeah, I think yeah. it's an interesting topic once we get into it. So looking forward to the discussion. Right. I actually, I shared it because I hadn't heard it before. <laughs> oh, like, really? Oh, really? Great quote. And so oh, I shared it. I, it was being, it was posted on another Instagram page. One of the okay. Catholic pages that I follow. He follows a lot so. of Catholic pages. Like his stories are just like a lot of shared things. And I'm like, this man is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I always appreciate that because like I always appreciate when people share other Catholic posts and things like that, because that it just like just like in your case, John, where you saw this quote and you were like, I've never read this. This is cool, or or whatever you thought about it and share it. Like that's how you can help other people and inspire them. So Right. I just need more followers, but <laughs> Maybe just one person at a time. (laughs) (laughs) We had Maura's other in real life friend, Jenna, on our podcast, and she talked about her spiritual journey, periods of conversion, Mm -hmm. and she has an Instagram page called The Advent Scripts, Mm -hmm. or I think it's just The Advent Script. Yeah. Singular. And she usually posts every day some sort of line or quote. It's really... It's really helpful. It's really cool. Yeah. Hi, Jenna. Yeah. Hi, Jenna. He listens regularly. <laughs> I like your Instagram account. <laughs> so I, in the last week, discovered a podcast called The Roman Circus. And I have been listening to three episodes a day. <laughs> oh, my. I'm behind by three and a half years. How long are those episodes? Oh, they're like an hour. Do you listen to it? I have I have before. Um, it's been a while since I've listened to really any podcasts. <laughs> Ironically, having my own podcast has severely cut down my time to listen to other podcasts. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I have heard of the Roman Circus podcast. Though. I've heard it's really good. It's, I mean, the ones that I've listened to from way back, I, I remember really liking. I highly recommend it. It is, it, it's just so good. And Zach Mabry, I would love to have you on here sometime. Not that you are going to listen to this because you don't know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> is that a podcast with a large following? Is it a Catholic podcast? Yeah, or? it's very Catholic. It's Catholic, like, um, they discuss like current events and stuff too but they do like go into history and like they've discussed in the early episodes they've discussed 
angels, hell, purgatory, heaven, different things, different devotionals. I just listened to an episode about scapulars. So now I'm like, I need a scapular. <laughs> is that why? Is that a new, is that a new episode? The scapular one? No, it's so oh. early. It's like episode 18. <laughs> oh, well, I was just... It was interesting because you posted about scapulars today on Twitter, I saw. And then also somebody, a couple other people did too. And I was like, what's the deal? With Why are scapulars coming up all of a sudden? I'm like, I mean, it's great. I like right. to read about scapulars. Well, but Well, they were talking about how scapulars can help you overcome habitual sin. And I was yes. like, I'm like, I would like to overcome a habitual sin. <laughs> and all the things that I've been doing haven't really been helping. So maybe, and I don't wear a scapular. So I'm like, okay, I should start wearing a scapular. Just, just the act of wearing it. I think uh, it needs to be blessed, but yeah, it's. I feel like <clears throat> psychologically, like if you're wearing something holy, you want to be more holy. You don't exactly. want to be unholy if you're right. wearing something that's holy. Well, it's, it's kind of like-, like having the rosary on your review mirror. You know, people are gonna see that, and so they're gonna associate you with something holy, like a cross or a rosary. Like if you have a rosary on your review mirror, they're gonna know you're Catholic, mm-hmm. and so. there's that there's that kind of that extra motivation to be a christian while you're driving i am not yet brave enough i have too much road rage to hang a rosary from my we wear them under our clothes so they're not normally seen yeah so i think also in some cases i believe there are some scapulars where if you die while wearing it it will save you from going to hell. I think. Yeah, that's also why I because okay, I have I actually tweeted about this that I have a I have a little pet peeve about people saying this like well X won't get me kicked out of heaven. You don't get kicked out of heaven. You you get into heaven, but you have to like work for it. And by work for it, I mean you have to go through purification. You have to be purified mm-hmm. through purgatory or like serve your purgatory on earth. So it's something that's like okay. Why don't you try to like better yourself so you can shorten your time in purgatory? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the case with the scapular. Like, there's more to it than just wearing it. Oh yeah. You can't just like places that come with it and some divine protections, maybe. Um, yeah. But I think that it's like you're either gonna you're either gonna like the way they described it was you're either gonna keep wearing it and overcome habitual sin, or you're gonna take it off and like forget about it for a while and just kind of like <laughs> lean into sin i think i i heard about the scapular well was re- reminded about it mm-hmm. at a young catholic professionals meeting in church one year <laughs> pre-covid yeah and we were all going to do the scapular and the priest gave a story of somebody who got the scapular but didn't like mentally wanted to take advantage of it and still sin so like his whole life Ew. he was like sinning and doing all this terrible things and tried to keep the scapular close by so when he died he would go to heaven and when he was on his deathbed he would had the scapular on and right when he right before he died it fell off of him is that isn't that a terrible story so the priest was like if you're gonna get this you have to be serious about it and you have to like really want to to get rid of the sin in your life you can't take advantage of it so i think getting the scapular is one thing but being in the right mind Mm -hmm. yeah I think I've used this analogy before, but when you receive a gift, we have this thing, a scapular. And when you really accept this gift, mm-hmm. like whatever that is, someone gives you a sweater, a book to read or whatever, 
So when you actually receive that gift, if you take it seriously, you implement it into your life some way, shape, or form. It affects you. So you wear the sweater, you read the book. If you really accept the gift, you make it a part of you. You don't just stuff it in a closet back in a corner somewhere. And so same thing with the scapula. Like when you put it on, if you really accept it, then it affects your life. It has an influence on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you live your life if you really, if you really take that upon yourself. Yeah. And I actually was just at confession yesterday and the priest was going over like, do you pray every day? I'm like, yes. He's like, are you participating in the sacraments when you can? I'm like, yes. He's like, okay, what about fasting? I'm like, oh yeah, that's something to work on. He's like, your penance is going to be to pick something and fast for over the next few days. And I was like, so yesterday was a Friday and I've been working on not eating meat on Fridays. So I decided to fast from salmon. Okay. And oh, I love salmon. And I was like, salmon's like one of my go-to foods on a Friday. Yeah. So I was like, this is so hard. Like it was harder than giving up chocolate. Salmon's a good one. I, I, I like ha- salmon. Especially because it's so healthy for you. It's too. so healthy. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm gonna be eating my vegan meatballs today. That would be hard. I love when you can go to parties and they have that smoked salmon filet, like sitting out with like the crackers and cheese and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. When are, so when are we transitioning to a Catholic cooking show? <laughs> <laughs> it comes up every time. <laughs> I would have a lot to learn from that. <laughs> Maybe we'll have like... Well, that would be a lot of editing to do to like have two podcasts. One about like being catholic as a single oh, like late 20s through the 30s and then another one about being catholic single and cooking <laughs> i can barely handle one podcast <laughs> Call it the catholic kitchen like i guess <laughs> but yeah because well so fasting is a good way to help you it's a very strong form of prayer mm-hmm. so if you're like really trying to pray for something like you you are recommended to fast if you are really looking for an answer to something yeah. or for and prayer to be answered, whatever it is. And fasting is also recommended for overcoming sin. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use fasting and I'm going to go get a scapular. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm supposed to fast through tomorrow because <laughs> I think you said over the next few days and I'm like, that's subjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad I did not have like a fresh salmon. I had some frozen salmon patties that are really good. Wait, salmon patties? Mm-hmm. That's just like, okay, I do love salmon, but I don't think salmon patties count as salmon. <laughs> That's like, that brings me back nightmares from when <laughs> I was little and my mom would make them on Fridays during Lent and they were the worst. Oh, these are very good. They're from Aldi actually. And they're like teriyaki ones. Well, someday, Mora, you can make me a salmon patty and maybe you can change my mind. Okay. Well, I'll just like go to Aldi and buy them and then cook it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're talking about like the mashed up patties, right? You're not talking about like a a little salmon steak. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I don't know, man. That's going to be. I mean, I do love my fillets, my salmon steaks. They are top notch. (laughs) This is good. Yeah, anyhow, I don't know. Someone says salmon patty, and I'm like, talk about penance. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, so should we get into our espresso shot? Yes, we can. So our espresso shot today comes from the venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who says, when a man loves a woman, he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its women. Yeah, this quote, when I first saw it, I thought it was really interesting. And I guess from my experience, I thought it'd be a good thing to share for, I guess, everyone to kind of ponder and think of, especially going into college, my view, I, like, I guess I, I had this dream that I would find a good woman who would kind of encourage me to continue down my faith. But when I got to college, I really didn't find too much of that. I found a lot of both men and women. I think this quote could kind of be a loop for both genders. But first, from the man's perspective, I think it would have been so helpful for me if I had just met like a woman. Like I always wanted to get married mm -hmm. and start a family. And it would have been so nice if I just met somebody like freshman year of college and didn't have to worry about dating. And But instead, I, I met women who were struggling <clears throat> with their own faith and even Catholics who didn't really believe in the full Catholic faith. And that was kind of a shock to me. <laughs> They really, their beliefs didn't align a lot with mm -hmm. the way I'd been taught growing up. And that was hard for me, it, like challenged my faith. And I think it's good to be challenged and maybe God's kind of testing me and seeing if I could stick to my faith. And it's pretty hard to do that. When it comes to a relationship, I believe in you help each other. Mm -hmm. You try to bring each other up when somebody's struggling with something, maybe that hopefully the other person isn't struggling with the same thing. <laughs> you can kind of be like, fill in the gaps of your the yeah. things that you're struggling with yeah and can help you so I kind of view it this quote like that mm -hmm. it'd be nice to just date a woman who is pretty virtuous and wants to be virtuous and can bring since I'm a man I'm talking about like bringing the man up a little bit higher if he's struggling but that doesn't mean the woman's above the man it means that if she's up here and maybe the man I, I view the man and the woman is equal, right? Yeah. But yeah. if she's up here on one virtue and the man's like struggling with that, well, instead of her coming down, you got to bring him up to your level. Mm -hmm. And that requires a certain amount of love and patience, I think. That's what's really struck me about the quote and kind of led me to share it. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely thought-provoking for sure. And I like what you said that, yes, Ideally, if, if a man and a woman are on different levels, as far as like a spiritual bar, you could say, mm -hmm. yeah, rather than somebody lowering theirs, the other should come up. I think it's important to also encourage or just to know when to encourage spiritual growth versus, because sometimes I feel like <laughs> I grew up in college when the popular phrase flirt to convert was going around. It's funny. I think it's a terrible idea. It's a uh, horrible idea. <laughs> like it's, the idea the, is the idea. So go ahead. Yeah, the idea of flirting, so you can bring people to Christ. I'm gonna date you because I want to make you my project. Yeah, it's 
sounds, I guess, from a Christian perspective, okay, but okay, but it's really, I think the intention behind it isn't pure. It's not genuine, right? Bringing people to Christ is a good thing, but the way you go about it is very important. That's a little bit different from what you were talking about versus yeah. like when you're already starting to date someone and you can inspire someone by your life um, right. and the way that you live out your faith, that might inspire that other person right. to try and strive for a deeper faith themselves. Their spiritual journey is theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one can make that for them if someone inspires them along the way I think that's that's good that can be good we need help but it is their spiritual journey they should be make they should be making those choices for themselves for their own personal spiritual growth what do you think about a catholic who ideally would like to marry another catholic mm-hmm. but is open to maybe dating somebody who's not catholic but somewhat trying to decide like what religion they'd like to be for the long term what do you think about a catholic kind of going into a relationship with somebody who's not catholic but might become catholic like (laughs) it's kind of that's to me the situation that i tend to fall into sometimes so it'd be interesting to know like how many people like that are out there yeah my experience i've i've seen people on the other extreme in a uh, in a Christian church who they wouldn't negotiate no matter what to convert out of the Christ- that Christian church because mm-hmm. they believe they believe so strong that that's the correct church they wouldn't even consider dating a Catholic which I, I'm I, fine I, with I, that I my, like, that makes the decision better for me yeah. like, it's easier uh, but it's like wow that's that's wild. <laughs> Yeah, I've like in my experience with dating. Um, I mean, I love. I used to love this quote a lot, but then I, in the last year, I, I found that like, and looking at this quote again, I kind of thought that it was just missing a little detail at the end, and that's because I've had men that, they were willing. They were like, "You're perfect. You're wife material. I'm not good enough for you, but I'm willing to become good enough. I'm will for you. I'm willing to do this." And I'm like okay, but like, are you wanting to get closer? Like, is this just so that, because, and they were just like, well, yeah, I would like to get married to you so I can sleep with you someday. And I'm like, okay, well, it needs to be more than just for that. You need to actually be wanting to get closer to God. (laughs) And then there's also been men that were like, hey, I used to be Catholic and I do want to get married someday. So yeah, I'm totally down with this. Do you want to be like, I could be your project. I'm like, no, thank you. You actually said the word project. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> see, I think maybe it's a good first step, <laughs> but they got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. So, like in those cases, I was like, "There's something." I just was like, "Okay, there's something lacking here." Where it's like I'm being put on this pedestal, or the man's like, "Okay, I'm willing to become good enough for you, just so that there's this end result that I want right now that I can't get right now," mm-hmm. and that and that part bothers me. So that's not the kind of guy I'm looking for. I'm looking for the guy that's like, okay, like they are like, oh, I see your worth. I see your bar. I want to rise up and meet you, but also then take it a step further. It's like, okay, I want to supposed to help, like help each other get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think and I think that's it, what you said earlier, but viewing it that way, yeah. you kind of, you don't have the right view of the world <laughs> or the right intentions for 
I, I think like that, like how long is that going to last? I know. Right? Like that's going to last for maybe a couple months of dating. And right. Then, and then he's going to try to tempt you and bring you down. From your, right. So he's going to be trying to have sex with you before marriage. Yeah. I had and, a guy ask me if I was, because it comes up a lot. Like if a man has, has had sex before, they'll be like, Hey, are you okay with me not being a virgin anymore. I'm like, are you okay with not, if you date me, you're not going to have sex with me unless we get married. Are you okay with that? They're like, that direct. sounds really difficult. I don't know if I can do that. Cause I would really like to have sex again before I get married. I'm like, okay, well, and then they asked me like, Hey, if we were in love and we weren't married yet, would you be okay if we like got carried away and accidentally did it? Would you be okay with that? I'm like, well, no, I would not be. <laughs> it's an accident (laughs) (laughs) there's no accident about it my friends Uh, and Sarah I was telling Sarah about this back when that conversation happened okay like we're not dating like maybe I'll teach him something like and then Sarah you said Maura this does not sound like the kind of guy that is going to help you get to heaven it sounds like if he had the opportunity he would definitely help you fall because he doesn't see anything wrong with it yeah yeah and I was like, ooh, yeah. And they're like, I've just met a couple of guys. Not all men are like this by any means, but they were looking for someone that's more Catholic than them to drag them through Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And it'd be me dragging them to heaven with me, but they would be putting obstacles in my way to getting there. And that's something that is very different from this quote. This is not what that quote is about, but that's just been the kind of men that I have encountered through dating apps whereas they're like hey yeah i'm looking for someone that's more catholic than me to kind of drag me through and i'm like well i'm looking for someone that i'm equally yoked with (laughs) to walk with me right and side by side yeah i don't i don't want to drag anybody to heaven not at least the whole time like (laughs) yeah like what if i like need to like what if you need to give me a piggyback ride at some point (laughs) Like I, I will, I guarantee that someone's going to have to drag me a little bit to heaven yeah. sometimes. And I'm fine with that. I would rather have someone walk with me and can help each other. We can lean on each other in those hard times. But I also have heard stories of men that they saw Christ's light in the woman that they married. Like, yeah, I saw like her devotion and her, the light that she had, how much she loved Christ. And it was like, okay, I want what she's after exactly and I think that's what we were talking or we were touching on a little bit earlier in our discussion we were talking Mm -hmm. about inspiring people Mm -hmm. as I think when you see someone who is living out who has that light of Christ that joy I like the the follow-up quote there's a follow-up quote that yeah let's go over that from Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and it says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think as humans, we desire, we have a natural tendency in us, this this desire to seek truth, to seek beauty, to seek goodness. That is something that draws us naturally we that is what we're looking for as humans it's in it's in our nature to want those things and when you see somebody especially who has those things Mm -hmm. who's living their life in a way that they exude truth 
and beauty and goodness and patience and virtue, that's very attractive. How can I get that? How can yeah. I, how can I have what they have? Exactly how you said. Yeah. And that's where, like, when a man sees a woman who has that, he has to become worthy of her. And I think also it goes when a man sees a woman who is the opposite of that, like a good man who's Catholic and wants to follow this Bible verse to just not spend too much energy thinking of her. Because mm-hmm. like, maybe you meet somebody like that and you're trying to get to know them and then like the spark of attraction hits you mm-hmm. and you're, you start falling into this path of wishful thinking. Like mm-hmm. I wish this woman was more pure and a little bit more virtuous and maybe she's Catholic. Maybe she was raised Catholic, but really mentally has fallen away and yeah. doesn't want to be Catholic. So it's like, how much time do I want to invest getting to know this person, getting perspective? Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. <laughs> like, Because <laughs> there's, I, I think the Catholic faith is hard and a lot of people in their 20s, maybe 30s, start to fall away a little bit. Like the, the church that I grew up from, there's like nobody my age there. If I go to church at St. Ray Fields <laughs> and I'm just like, where did all the people I went to grade school with go? Both men and women. And some of them, maybe they moved to different cities mm-hmm. and, but there's still young people somewhat moving. And I don't know, maybe it's a demographic thing when there's a lot, not a lot of people my age who live in the area, but. Well, I think that's also very like, it's not like a family parish. Yeah, but it's not just that parish. Okay. It's other parishes as well. And <laughs> like mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also, maybe it's just where I live. <laughs> and maybe yeah. the young people tend to go to a certain parish. But my, my sister, my sister like does church hop between the parishes that do have more young adults that she knows that go there. And like, like people that are like more trad, I guess. Mm. Um what is your perspective on do a lot of people go through the Catholic faith and stay true to it like their whole life or do you think usually they tend to fall away I think bad catechesis has driven a lot of people away in the last 10 years here's here's my thought okay in my experience I've also experienced what you have John where yeah I go to mass and I see a lot of families and I see a lot of older people and I see young families too Mm -hmm. and I see some young adults that look like maybe they're my age (laughs) like a handful maybe and it's really difficult though to look around and be like why like where are all of the ones who are like me (laughs) or a similar age group right right yeah and I I don't know that's the thing because I also know a lot of people who say the same thing I do like where are all of us where is our demographic and that is kind of the the motivation and inspiration for this podcast yeah for single young adults who are maybe looking for a place to go and need to find a home because in the church we touched on this on our very first episode the church is a wonderful place for families. Mm-hmm. A wonderful place for for like college students and freshly out of college students. There are yes, there are specific campuses. Uh, uh, it is at the Newman Center, which is a, a a Catholic student center on usually on college campuses. You know, I think that there are some parishes that are like more young adult oriented, but for the most part, for single Catholics 
in their 20s to 30s it's just nobody really knows what to do with us mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're not married they're like oh you, you you're still single <laughs> right what? what's wrong with you what uh, <laughs> like come on or like why are you single it's like well have you met the men out there or like have you met the women out there they're kind of slim pick hands and then you also have to be attracted to each other right um, <laughs> yeah so i don't know i would i would love to see and i've seen it a couple of times young adult ministry done well mm-hmm. i think there is a right way to do it but i think it's it's a hard demographic because it feels very temporary i went to i was super involved in my catholic newman center at my college yeah. And then I graduated and like, if, I don't know if you, if you graduated and you weren't married, that was like a weird thing. Most of my friends. <laughs> my is graduating from Franciscan. <laughs> a I lot of like a a ring lot by of... spring thing, like ring by spring senior year thing there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, looking back at that now, like, and the fact that I know my friends were getting married at... Mm-hmm. 22, 23 years old. I kind of like that there's still a little bit of adventure left in my life, a little bit of unknown. Sometimes well, I'm okay with it. Sometimes I'm over it, but. Well, I had a tweet like a few months ago that was very like, I thought it was very funny. I, said, <laughs> I missed my calling to get married at 23 to a man that I would not like anymore by 29. <laughs> but like I have literally I've changed so much throughout like my teens and 20s that I mean the man that I liked in college that was like such a good Catholic he got married in a courthouse on a beach in Hawaii after a three-month engagement hard I guess it's hard (laughs) to like stay committed to to the faith (laughs) he was married to somebody who wasn't Catholic then Mm -hmm. I don't think that, yeah, she had not been baptized and she was also recently divorced. Hmm. Well, that's, the, yeah, that's goes back to the quote. Like, yeah. it's hard to focus on what's pure and what's holy. And maybe even people have distorted views of what's pure mm-hmm. and holy, uh, even raised in the church. Like, growing up as a Catholic, I didn't even read the Bible that much, <laughs> even though people, yeah. my parents encouraged me to obviously you go to church every Sunday and there's Bible verses read to you Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's if you're not always reading it and pondering on the word of God you fall off that path I am definitely five days behind in Bible in a year right now yeah (laughs) life's gonna get busy and you can't always read the Bible every day Mm -hmm. just from a realistic standpoint or say the rosary every day you could try but I did it yesterday on the way you're, home from confession. You're very good at it. <laughs> I'm not that good at it all the time. Sometimes I only do really? three days a week. How long are the Bible in a year little clips? 10 to 20 minutes. Okay. Well, maybe something you could do is like when you're laying in bed, that's how you lie. You wind down like before bed. Yes, you can... um, depends on what books you're going through. Good um, don't. There's some Old Testament stories that you should not listen to. As you're going oh. to bed, we're first thing in the morning. They will give you a really bad anxiety about the world. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Well, all right then. <laughs> a long time ago. World, no, but it's very similar is, to right now. The world is much better now. 
by Nami. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, we're going through the same thing right now. Oops. <laughs> Jesus, what are you coming with? Oh, Actually, I get to confession really quick. Um, I guess not then. Never mind. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can't do it while I'm driving because then I'll like just get lost in thought and be thinking about other things. So I have to like be very all right. First thing mindful. in the morning. First thing in the morning, I'll do it. Oh. It'll just set the tone for the rest of the day. Oh, it depends on what you're listening to. Yeah, <laughs> there's some really like difficult books. Yeah, yeah I know there's some. Listen to the stories. Psalms first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Or the Gospels. Or the, or the Gospels. Or you can like listen to Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's pretty cool. He's a he's a cute little boy. He's very faithful. I like him a lot. He, we hear about him during Lent. Okay. I, in, I should read the story of Daniel. I got into the book of Job. He um for, he survived being in a furnace. Did he? Mm-hmm. I didn't get to that part yet. Yeah. You just <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's like it's a few thousand years old. Or like 2,000 at least. I forgot the story, so I thought I would read it. <laughs> it's a kind of sad like he has everything at the beginning and then god takes it all from him i thought that was job yeah that's what oh yeah oh i was talking about Daniel. okay good <laughs> I, I didn't get to that story so you just, um, yeah oh that's a really cool book because we learn that demons need permission god has to allow them and the devil yeah to do things right. like right. anything that's done it god's allowed it because a greater good will come from it so yeah. that's I always think about that right after I said I'm like okay God, <laughs> what's the greater good gonna be of this? Yeah, just there, me being very humbled. <laughs> there's a a man who I read about who was big star in Hollywood mm-hmm. in maybe the 80s. Mm-hmm. He was like a big shot and could like date any girl he wanted and didn't have a faith and he fell into Satanism. So I read his book some of his book. I think it's fascinating how some Satanists who convert from Satanism to Catholicism. Oh, wow. And what they've learned through that process, they seem to have a very, they're very intact with spirituality and just the spiritual battle that's going on in the world more Mm -hmm. so than a lot of Catholics. Mm -hmm. Like they really believe in what's going on and they know that they need to protect themselves from it because they went through, they've experienced the darkest spirits on on earth in right. their life so far mm-hmm. and i've even heard of a a former satanist who was like a dark priest who converted to catholicism mm-hmm. and he was able to to take a hundred hosts um 99 weren't consecrated and one was like identify the consecrated host and i was like my mom told me that story and i was like there's no way that's insane amazing <laughs> so that like stories like that make my faith stronger those stories it's like why does god allow evil and darkness in the world like that why does god allow people to fall into that trap Mm -hmm. well that story motivated me to have a stronger faith so i don't fall into that i think that stories like that can keep people like because i think that early 20s is a time when people can fall away they're very that can be a vulnerable time so hearing a story like that can like be like oh i'm gonna stay on this track right that's the effect it had on me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought. We had talked about this earlier with the with the spiritual bars, and 
I have it. It's kind of not a bone to pick, but it's just, I've been thinking about this for a while. So I went to Catholic grade school, high school, everything. And I've heard it. I've heard dating talks upon dating talks upon dating talk Mm -hmm. all through high school and college. And one common thing that I was always told to set my bar high, they told Mm -hmm. us set your bar high. You know, you have standards, you have morals, don't lower your bar, set your bar high because then you're going to find a man who's going to reach that bar and you want a good man. So you have to have a high bar. And so, so that's what, you know, so you walk away from that talk and you think, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to set my bar high. I'm going to have all these standards and values and morals. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to lower it for anybody. And, you know, someone will come along and then, so you, so you set your bar, you're like, okay, okay. And, uh, and then maybe you're looking around at other, other women, maybe they don't have their bar set quite so high that I'm too picky and then my bar is too high before but that was like I was like 22 when you're sitting told you that no someone that was 25 told me that my bar was too high and now that person's in the continent mm-hmm. yeah well, it seems like they raised their <laughs> <bar>. <laughs> yeah. well and, and so she's, um she's a mercenarian now well so that's what I'm saying is I think there is a danger of setting your bar too high mm-hmm. because it almost sets it like too high. Well, nobody's perfect. So, yeah, but I, I like, so I like the idea of staying high yourself, but maybe give the perception sometimes when you meet somebody who's struggling that your bar isn't that high, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like then you're playing a game and, but, <laughs> but you don't want to like, maybe, all right. So let's well, say, you want to be humble. Let's say you meet a guy who's really struggling, but he wants to be better. And you're like, not struggling at all with, I mean, I'm sure you're struggling with something, but not as bad as he is. <laughs> you don't want to lower your bar, but do you want to give him the perception that you're like perfect? Like, will that scare him away? That seems to be what you're getting at. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly what I'm getting at because I feel like the way that it was conveyed to me was setting me up for failure because it taught me to try and seek perfection, mm-hmm. like the perfect man who can meet all these standards and go above and beyond. And, but it's unrealistic. And I feel like sometimes growing up, listening to all these dating talks, they're like, make a checklist of all these qualities that you want your future spouse to have and go find someone who meets, who checks those boxes. And I feel like, you know, a young impressionable person, it had me paint this picture in my mind of the perfect man who it's unrealistic. What's interesting is from what I have heard, I'm not a guy, but from what I've heard, sometimes when a man looks at a woman that, you know, he might be attracted to and says, well, she's great, but she's got a really high bar. I don't know if I can reach that bar. I don't think for me, I'll just speak for myself. I think all men are different. If I see a woman who's like very strong has strong catholic values and tries to follow those it's for as a catholic guy i'm kind of inspired by that i'm not intimidated by it i am a little bit more concerned what i meet a catholic girl who's willing to negotiate on those values Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sometimes you're tempted to do that i mean i'm tempted to, to do that 
when it comes to dating because it's really like you said it's hard to find a perfect person because it's hard I mean it's hard to follow all the teachings of the Catholic Church and a lot of people don't even believe them all Mm -hmm. so they're willing they're a little bit more willing to negotiate and as long as they're a good person everything's fine for them so I just think you're right that you're not going to find the perfect person and you shouldn't be too concerned about being high like have high virtue and mm-hmm. trying to follow that I think you should continue to follow that and it only takes one guy I mean it's okay if a hundred guys <laughs> turn down a hundred guys and then finally one day yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the, the test of faith right. right and I think that's something that's often discounted is because there's been like because Sarah you and I have talked about there's been different guys that they recognize that they were like, okay, you are just higher than me. Like you just do this better than me. I'm not good enough. And we're like, well, are you willing to try? Like, do you want to try? Like, I'm willing to like, <laughs> I'm not like looking for a perfect person. As long as you're willing to try, we can work with this. Right, right. like down so, the road, just like, okay, you still are not <laughs> there. But it's like, okay, do you, are you, is this something you desire? Is this something you want? Like, I'm not perfect in all ways, but like, I want to try. <laughs> Right. So one thing that I don't like about dating in today's culture is that, and maybe it's on both sides, we decide so quickly about if we want to be with this person or not, mm-hmm. right? One day and we're ghosted. And I'm just <laughs> like, what? What did I say? <laughs> but maybe at that moment in time, just timing is part of dating. Like I was a different person two years ago than I am today. And maybe I potentially met my future wife two years ago and she ghosted me um, (laughs) on the first date, but Mm -hmm. she would like the person who I became today. So maybe we should keep more people in our lives and Mm -hmm. kind of have the attitude of helping people instead of let's decide right away if there's a difference between meeting somebody at a networking event than on a date. Like for some reason on the date, you're thinking of the potential relationship right when you meet that person. But you meet that same person at a networking event. Maybe this person could be my friend. Yeah. Maybe they could help me in my work situation. They could be a connection in the future. Right. What if we went into every situation? Well, maybe this person could be, maybe it will work out to date them now. Maybe it won't. Yeah. Maybe we could be friends. But nobody really thinks like that when you go on a date. Something Um, that, like, a way that I approach dating is each, like, the first few dates, they're each in an individual date. They're not, like, a... It's like, okay, like the first day is, like, is you deciding if you want to go on a second date. Second date is, okay, do I want to like go on a third date with this person? Third date, maybe you're figuring out, okay, do I want to keep seeing this person? I think third dates like around that area. But why does it have to be a fixed thing? Why can't it just be like, all right, at this moment. Well, I think it's like I'm... each one, it's like, you're like, okay, do I want to keep seeing them? Yeah. Yes. And it gets not like I'm going to yeah. marry this person. We are going to have it's like no. It's like okay. Do I like this? Do I like being with this person? Or do I enjoy their company? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to be so guilty of if I went on a first date with someone and I didn't really connect with them very well. Mm-hmm. I was so guilty of just being like, mm, sorry, not feeling it. <laughs> and I it's so silly looking back now because first of all, first dates I I. I hate first dates, most of them, just because I get so nervous and I might not be myself. It doesn't matter how well I know Uh how much I've talked to them beforehand. I get so nervous. And if the first date, it was, if it was just kind of like, meh, I don't think we really connected. So, and I think that's a temptation that some people get because they feel like 
maybe media and stories, things that are not real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like movies and chip and TV shows, like portray it like when you can, like you have to connect to someone. There should be that initial like spark. And sometimes that's just in real life. That's a little bit slower to develop and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's so funny thinking of my own dating life and how I, I've matured in how I go about dating. I wish I wouldn't have taken it so seriously when I was young, but because now I'm old. I mean, <laughs> but like I've gone on dates where like afterwards I'll call Joe be like, I'm not really sure about the guy, but he seemed really excited about me. It's like, well, if he asks you on a second date, you should go on. If you're ever really questioning it, just like go on another one just to have that reassurance. So like, okay, now I do know. And this is not to say, like, I'm not saying if you go on a date and you feel uncomfortable or unsafe with a person, do not say yes to a second date. Just cut it um, off right there. Well, I- yeah, unsafe is definitely a big one. Yeah, but yeah. Don't don't. Like, I guy if you're that, a guy like, and you're making a woman feel unsafe. You're doing something wrong. You gotta reflect on. Also, <laughs> men, please stop telling women. Oh well, he's harmless. Like oh well, he's not dangerous. You know what? <laughs> I need to have some like. I need to feel comfortable. I need to have some like because sometimes like there are men that they are not dangerous, but they just. I am just so uncomfortable with how they behave. I've heard I've heard some horror stories from men about women too, though. So, yeah, I guess it's it's important to be careful with who you're going out with. I've heard there's a difference between giving somebody a good chance to get a sense of who they are. It's a lot of pressure to put on a date period to sum up their entire personality. If you right. if you do connect with them right away, that's great. That's awesome. If you don't, I that's... Guy that didn't ask me any questions at all. And that was weird. I've heard stories about that. Yeah. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard stories about somebody going on a date and like listening to a guy talk for three hours <laughs> and not ask one question. <laughs> well, like he would talk, like he did have room to talk and he would talk and then I'd ask him the questions and he'd like dive deeper and then I would talk and then he would just kind of stare at me and process what I said and then I would be like, I would give pauses for him to give a response. I even asked them questions and he didn't ask me any questions. And Joe was like, Maureen, that's pretty typical. I'm like, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> he was like, I was like, nice to meet you. He was like, yes, you too. Why like, I would like to take you on another date. He wanted to take me on a third date too. The most challenging thing for me is if I'm on a dating app and I'm trying to talk to someone on a dating app. And because there are some people who are just not texters. I feel like when I text, I convey myself in a way that it sounds like I'm talking to the person. I, in, in my opinion, uh-huh. I don't know <laughs> like if you've received a text from me ever, maybe you can confirm or deny that. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but there are some people who are just not good texters. They don't prefer to communicate that way. And so they might be short. I think as long as they're like asking questions and like trying to make an effort to continue the conversation, Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. I know I have friends who are not good texters and to read their texts and to talk with them in person is a completely different experience. It's very strange. The way I text my guy friends is a little bit different than the way I text girls sometimes. Like my friends might ha- ask me to hang out. And yeah. We might just have very, I might have very short responses like, <laughs> and like a lot less questions being asked and more and a lot less things being said. And then like when I text a girl, I'll try to ask more like open-ended questions, get mm. the conversation going back and forth. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, then again, everybody's different. Yeah. There's some mm-hmm. guys who I text to go into more detail and tell stories and texts. And That's awesome. It's like, a really, <laughs> really long text from a guy. <laughs> and that's so funny because I'm like, I definitely have received many long texts from men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, some- but I'm also a woman and maybe that's just the difference between like maybe men just, some- but then I've also had like yeah. very short texts from men that it's like, okay, clearly it's just very funny. Yeah. I feel like if you're getting a, a long text from a guy he either really likes you or he's just he just trusts you a lot yeah okay. anyone yeah. or they talk to everybody like that <laughs> that would that would take a lot of time though <laughs> i have heard from other men that that have used dating apps that it's really a struggle with because they're looking for someone that like yeah i am looking for someone that i'm equally yoked with spiritually and faith-wise and then there's girls that, and they're just like like nick is very upfront he, like he's like hey here's what i'm looking for and the the girl is like he's like hey i'm i'm a serious catholic i take my faith seriously here's what i'm about and then he he filters through girls pretty well not that he's been on any apps recently but when he was on them and he like would give me advice okay maury mora here's how this conversation is gonna go you're gonna make sure it's like and i'm like oh hey this guy he's he says he's open to like coming back and somebody's like, but is that for you or is that for himself? Because it's never going to work out if it's only for you. I'm not a big fan of dating apps. I just don't want to meet my wife on a dating app. But you <laughs> so much. I've used them, yeah. I've, <laughs> I... tried to, I've tried to like connect with somebody. Like it'd be nice. Like I'm bored. I'm like at home. Like, it'd be nice to meet somebody, but I'm not going to be like, I, I guess I'm, my hopes aren't that high, especially about like Bumble. Not a big, is there a good Catholic dating app? No, <laughs> or, not maybe? good ones. There's Catholic Match has been around forever. I, and then there's my spiritual director and a friend of mine found their boyfriends on Catholic Match. Mm-hmm. I find people from Oklahoma on Catholic Match. Yeah. You can adjust your good. settings to like a certain No, distance, you can't but... adjust it to any closer than like 50 miles. Maybe there's not that many people close. Thank no, there was a guy in Bay, in um, Bay Village that, but he was so weird. He was so weird. Interesting. He asked me for like basically like an essay on my faith and how seriously I took it. I'm just like I'm not answering you. <laughs> you know, though, I've tried many dating apps, and I think I've had the most luck meeting normal people who might also be Catholic on Hinge. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'm not saying, I'm just saying, maybe give it a try. Maybe better alternative than Tinder and and Bumble. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've met some interesting Catholics on dating apps, like ones that are like very serious, but then they'll be like just very clingy on like those secular apps. Clingy in what way? Like two days into talking to them, they're like, hey, so I I let all my other matches expire. You're the only person I'm talking to right now. (laughs) And I'm like, thank you. It's like, I hope that that's, I hope you, you like that. And I'm like, I mean, that's very flattering. Yes. I actually am talking to one of the person that did ask me out on a date. And I said, yes. They're like, okay, I figured I had some competition. It's like, and then they like asked me about the competition. Like, hey, have you, how was your date? How was that? Do you realize how much awesome, more awesome I am? And I'm like, your insecurity is really unattractive. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably tough for some people not to be weird 
or awkward on a dating app. It's like a different set of social skills <laughs> than meeting somebody in person. But that's that's kind of a weird. Uh, yeah, it do, it does make like, me rethink. I, I, tend, I tend to have sympathy on people and like try to give people the benefit of. The I doubt. mean, I can't talk to him for a few more days. I didn't just like cut him off. Right, right. But so, uh, but sometimes no. I'm just gonna. Right. I was gonna. I was gonna okay. go back on your side. Like, oh. Sometimes people are just so weird. You can't keep talking to them. Yeah. I think it's a it's a combination it can be a combination of nerves and just like awkwardness. And most of the time I will say yes to a second date because I know that people are nervous. And when they're not nervous or when they're anxious, they don't act like themselves. And so I'm always willing, just because it's kind of like the icebreaker, especially. I also yeah. think that you one time told me a really good tip. 90 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that before. I don't, I don't know about, I have not done. <laughs> I've only no, done I never used to either. Yeah, I was, we ended up talking for like three hours. And <laughs> oh, and I could do that too, easily. But I think, I think it's a good idea to, you know, like, quit while you're ahead. I like, if it's going well, that's great. You can yeah. pick up where you left off. <laughs> like if you like if it's going this well like don't dump out all your change right there on that first date I used to oh gosh I used to go out yeah like three hour coffee dates that would turn into dinner and uh, there's something fun about just little spurts at least to begin with yeah yeah I've been on a date before where we had like a really good two and a half hour conversation and then for some reason we started talking about like past dates that we've been on and like never heard from that person again because I think we just said too much right maybe we started talking about that because we realized we didn't like each other so we just decided I don't know I don't know what it was but it was interesting it's happened to me before when I was kind of trying to talk to this guy like on the Catholic match actually and we were talking it wasn't going well. It was just kind of weird. And so we, were, we just kind of had the discussion like, okay, we're not going to. Once that was out of the way, we established this great friendship. It was so natural. And I was like, why couldn't we talk like this while we were like on Catholic Mass? I thought that was so fascinating. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I have plus, so many thoughts plus, about that. <laughs> nervousness or? The obstacle of date. Like, I don't know. Like we could just I don't know if it's just like we could both relax or whatever, but uh, I ended up keeping in contact with him for years. He's married now, but we're still like friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I met my friend on Catholic Match. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had guys that are atheists that wanted to date me, but then they realized like, okay, she's she has standards. And they're like, okay, she's not going to compromise on us. Like, even though they tried really hard. It's not that they were trying to get me to compromise. They just like wanted a shot. But then they're like, they have standards for who I should date. They're like, nope, nope, nope. You're not, you're not going down there. You, you have standards. If you, if they were like, if that's what it was set for me, we're keeping them. <laughs> we're keeping these standards. Like, this is what's good enough. Like, you need someone that is worthy of you. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But like. Somehow you meet those standards. <laughs> no, they know they don't. <laughs> I'm just like, that doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not perfect yeah. and that's actually something that I don't typically like there are people that know me that know 
how I am that think that I do just like, I'm just like very in people's faces. Like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Da, da, da. I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm really not like that. I'm not like that with new, like new men that I meet. I'm like, okay, let's have blank slate. And, and then at some point I have to be like, okay, well, I will have to be like, Hey, so I will bring up like, Hey, yeah, I'm actually waiting for marriage or like different things like that. And then, then they decide to like jump whole hog into that big deep conversation. I'm like, oh, can we just like keep this just, like normal? <laughs> I don't feel like talking about physical boundaries right now. We've only had like one date. <laughs> what do you usually tell somebody about that? Is I, it do you wait until they ask you about it? They or... typically do ask me. <laughs> That's strange. Really quickly. Because yeah. you're because. Like on these dating apps, you say that you're Catholic. Is that um, why they ask you? Like, well, they might know. make a, like a comment about. They'll make some comments about my appearance and how it would be difficult to not look at different places. And I'm like, well, and they're like, yeah, but I don't like sleep with people like unless I like love them. And I'm like, well, I'm actually not doing that until I'm married. And then they're like, oh, so like, what else is off limits? Like, how far can we go? And I'm just like, oh dear. Hmm. So men find creative ways to enter that conversation. Interesting. <laughs> I'm sure you would not do that. Yeah, I've never tried that. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, think I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've also never told a girl. It's like, well, it'd be really hard not to stare at your chest. And I'm like, thank you. I haven't done that's, that one. That's, that's, no. that's great to hear. <laughs> Like, I really needed to know that. <laughs> so should we head into our grounds to cover? Yeah. So go into grounds to cover for this week. What are some things that we can do? Read the Marys for our vocation. Um, reflect on the qualities that we find attractive in others. And if we have them ourselves. Something that might be really good is... You know, we were talking about how virtue is so attractive, mm -hmm. but I think if we want someone who is good and holy and has a strong prayer life mm -hmm. and is loyal and generous and compassionate, then we should also try to be those things. I think being able to, to see virtue also means that like you can recognize it and that's something that like people anyone can recognize virtue but you know again when we're talking about those bars and you know trying to help each like encourage each other and inspire each other to grow a good spiritual life then I think we need to reflect the qualities that we are also searching for and so maybe this week just kind of reflect that um, maybe just take stock of yourself first maybe just reflect on yourself and something that you're trying to, to work on, you know, pick something that maybe you see as a slight, like something that oh, this part of me that could be better, or I have this bad habit that I'm trying to break, or I've been really meaning to get around to like making more time for prayer, whatever, something that you might not be happy with. It could be your spiritual, it could be something emotional. It could be, it could be anything and think about how you, how, like, what are ways that you can help that to get to where you want to be, the steps that you can take to get there, to try and see that part of you that you might not be happy with and see what you can do about it, because that's all on you. Yeah, that's great. I think that this quote 
when a man loves a woman. I currently don't love a woman. Well, I love my mouth. She's pretty cool. I don't have a woman in my life who like I want to marry, but I can almost like imagine the woman who I want. And then the rest of the quote, like she's very virtuous. It's it's kind of inspiring to me to be more virtuous. So kind of imagine this is the kind of woman I want, and this is who I want to be. And mm-hmm. let me just try to continue to try to become that person. And mm-hmm. which is a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Especially yep. when you don't have somebody else to help inspire you. But if you can become a good the person of high virtue oh, yeah. on your own, then it becomes easier once you get into a relationship. Yeah this is the time to build your virtue. I have a, I have a book somewhere on my bookshelf. It's called lady in waiting. And it talks about, okay, while you're in this season of waiting, like how you can try to build your own virtue mm-hmm. um, while you're waiting for that part of your life to fall into place. So, and I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Like now is a time to really build yourself into the person that you're trying to be for your future husband, for your future children. Um, and ult- but ultimately, like just for himself, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do yeah. have male listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Nicholas. <laughs> not not the same person as Nick, who has been on the show. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to add? I think don't rule people out if they're just because they're missing something that you would like. See if they like are trying okay, maybe they're not up there, but it's like, are they trying? Are they motivated? Yeah. Are you motivated? Are you trying? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. If they're struggling with something, maybe like we don't, when we first meet somebody, we don't know why they're struggling. Right. Like maybe six months ago, they were doing fine. And this is a new thing. And it's like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. maybe you're in their life for a reason. Like the goal is to help people get to heaven. And yeah, if we're, kind of selfishly looking for a life partner and like don't like we we should care about and we want them to get us to heaven but we don't care about getting them to heaven that's really bad (laughs) yeah that's a really yeah that's a good point check in on your friends make sure um make sure they're doing okay see if you can help them if they need prayers I love it when my friends text me and just randomly out of the blue and say hey how you doing can I pray for you somehow? Do you need anything? Mm-hmm. Like it always makes me feel so loved that way. So maybe that's something that you can do. Yeah. Check in on people that you care about, see how they're doing. Like it's good to have accountability too. I think that's a good motivator to have someone who can help keep you accountable, keep you on the right track. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, guys, this was great. Um, for everyone listening, please rate and review us. Send us any topic ideas or quotes that you'd like to hear us talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you guys have, I mean, this was um, John, John was the one who kind of presented this to us, but if you have an idea, you don't have to come on the podcast if you don't want to, but uh, if you have an idea or of something that you want us to talk about or things that you might be interested in hearing about, let us know. And uh, you can email it to us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Or send us a message on Twitter, Carol underscore podcast. I think they can even comment on Podbean. And if you liked having me on the show, just comment like how amazing John was. <laughs> and John has to be on the show in the future. 
<laughs> Do you want to come back? <laughs> only, only if somebody comments that. <laughs> it's some positive reinforcement. <laughs> oh, absolutely. John, thank you very much, though, for, for your idea and then also for, for being a guest on our podcast. We really appreciate you being here and sharing your thoughts. It was nice to have both perspectives. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. It was fun. Yes. That, thank you, everybody. We will catch you next time.